This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw on Feral Audio. I am sitting in my home with a person who is both awesome and wearing an awesome shirt, Lucia Fasano. Hello, Joseph Scrimshaw. <laughs> I'm very happy you're here. It's always a delight to see you and a huge thrill to say your name. Thank you. You really gave it justice. You gave it, but you weren't like, uh, Lucia. Like you gave it regular, you yeah, didn't go all like Mario it. on me. Yeah, exactly. Because you, th- there's the temptation there. To go, it's a Lucia, right? And just go nuts with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also, ha- you have to give it a little bit of that in order to say it correctly, right? Yeah. So, it, yeah, you had the right balance. Because I get a lot of, like, Lucia and, uh, like, Lucia. Like, they don't, they yeah. don't know. There's also Waluigi. Waluigi. <laughs> That's my evil version. <laughs> <laughs> so, your evil version is Walucia? I guess so, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, look nice. out for that. Uh, and we'll get back to your t-shirt, because it has to do with your obsession. Definitely. Uh, but before we do that, I want to uh, launch into this new segment we've been doing where we take a question from listeners, they submit a thing that they're obsessed with, and then ask us a question that we can attempt to answer for them. Ooh. So our question comes from Jenna Yamada, and she says, I have a friend who is obsessed with claw machines and has to play whenever she sees one. She always collects her winnings for a while and then donates them to a worthy charity. If she chose to donate them to the least worthy cause, what would that be? So, mm. claw machines, the winnings are just stuffed animals and giant fake nickels and crap, right? Monkeys yeah. and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. she donates them to a, a worthy cause right now. Yeah, for so <laughs> children. Of- what one would hope, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but what would be the least worthy cause to give monkeys and other plastic knickknacks do? I don't know, maybe like veterans that are still out, you know, <laughs> soldiers that are, but they like having stuffed animals hug at yeah. night, but like something. Is there anything in claw machines that isn't stuffed animals? There's like weird knickknacks in there, isn't there? Yeah, I feel like on the smaller, I keep thinking of the stuffed ones, but there are like smaller ones where you get literally get candy or... Oh, okay. Cigarettes. I <laughs> saw one with cigarettes the other day. Really? Yeah. No, but you live in Portland. So yes. did that happen in Portland? It happened in the Eastburn Bar at a comedy show. <laughs> now, yes. do you think that the company put cigarettes in there? Or was that like a fun Portland thing to do to put ironic cigarettes in the claw machine? Uh, I think the company did that. Like it was okay. like an adult claw machine. But there's also some bars that have like vending machines that'll have like um, cigarettes, condoms, drumsticks, various <laughs> It's very punk rock. But, All right. Well, that, yeah, yeah that, that definitely changes it up. So yeah. you think that active soldiers <laughs> maybe don't, they don't need, need... See, I think they maybe do need stuffed animals. Yeah, it would help them feel better at night to have like a minion knockoff yeah, stuffed animal. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, think the, I think the least worthy charity for cigarettes and stuffed animals would be a very wealthy children right that was my first thought yeah they have access to stuffed animals they probably have too many stuffed animals yeah and then you don't want to get them smoking no well that's no. only gonna make them more obnoxious if they're rich yeah and they're rich and smoking, smoking. <laughs> yeah blowing smoke on your babies and yeah i was thinking about like how like the last thing you need is like giving some kid that can get the most fancy toys just like these little poorly sewn Oh, yeah. Thing. It's just, they don't... But maybe it would teach them a, a lesson. Yeah, give them, yeah, make them a little more worldly. Right, to value crappily made monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> you're, a, you're a ray of light. I cannot, uh, I cannot find any negative thing uh, to do with these claws because we keep thinking of a way to make it positive. Uh, but that is a great obsession. I would love to talk more with Jenny Yamada's friend about claw machines. But for now, let's talk about you, Lucia. Can you tell people listening who you are and what you do? My name is Lucia Fasano, and I am a Portland-based comedian and musician from Los Angeles. <laughs> um, but I've been there for about four years, and I do stand-up comedy, and I write music, and actually um, I'm releasing a solo music album produced by the Double Clicks, which awesome. I'm very excited about. Um, I draw cartoons, and I love comic books, and so I really just uh, try and do all the creative things that come to heart. <laughs> so, we are going to talk about uh, another person who does creative pursuits that you are obsessed with, and that person is Weird Al Yankovic. Yes! So, what what is your first memory of Weird Al? My first memory of Weird Al would probably be um, 
you know, like having the cassette with the, um, you know, with Weird Al and the, the dinosaur or watching, you know, the Amish Paradise video. Okay. Um, just on my TV all the time as a little kid and my brother getting to go to the concert and I was not allowed to go to the concert. Were you too young? I was too young. How how old was too young to see Weird Al? It, it, it wasn't even... Um, <laughs> like, like an infant? I was, yeah, I was maybe like... Th- maybe like four and my brother was six and it was more of just a going to a concert late at night less than an appropriateness because i grew up watching a lot of things that in retrospect were very inappropriate like what um like a lot of things that take place in crypts um (laughs) or have violence (laughs) yeah or a lot of you know a lot of things with predators Oh, a lot of Crips and Predators. Crips I don't remember <laughs> that television show, Crips and Predators, it but I'm sure good. it's out there. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so I wasn't I wasn't allowed to go for that reason. But my first concert was seeing um, Blues Traveler, followed by seeing Meatloaf, and that was very late at night. And I remember vaguely the concert, but mostly a blanket. <laughs> okay, were you just mad that Meatloaf wasn't Weird Al? No, I love them both okay. similarly. <laughs> so you don't remember a time in your life where you were not cognizant of Weird Al? Is that true? Yeah, I guess so. He was so. just always there? Yeah. So was there a moment where you realized, I really like Weird Al? Out of all of the information that's coming into me as a child, I got meatloaf over here <laughs> in my face, I got crips, but Weird Al's the thing. Yeah, I think as a little, little kid, both my parents are writers and very goofy, and so we would make little parody videos, like we made a Jurassic Park parody video, and... Um, you, like your whole family? Yeah, my whole family, okay. like our home videos are, you know, parody movies, like there's one where we're going to Jurassic Park, and there's one where we're going to Australia, and at the end we sing, instead of Everybody Wants to Be a Cat from the Aristocats, we sing Everybody Wants to Be a Koala, <laughs> and and I turn into a banana, so it was like, it was very absurdist, and that was already like song parody as the highest form of okay. comedy. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so I did already grow up with those sensibilities, and so Weird Al was just kind of this pinnacle, and I also even from a very young age, found him very attractive. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll put a pin in that and come right back to that. <laughs> now, you said that you, uh, you're you from Los Angeles, right? Mm-hmm. And now y- your father was in the industry, right? Yeah. So did you have a sense that this creative life where the pinnacle of human achievement is excellent parody songs wasn't mi- the norm? Or did you just think this this is the way everybody functions? I sort of thought that this is the way everybody functions. I've been realizing more and more in my adult life and trying to get jobs and stuff that most people didn't grow up with this freelance life or with this, you know, whatever creative thing you can turn into money or that you can just do with your life. You know, so I I remember in, um, so I always loved Weird Al and the people around me did and I would speak you know, hang out with friends and we would do like a Harry Potter musical or we would do like we just would make up parodies of songs or whatever. And then when I was in elementary school, by fifth grade, when Poodle Hat came out, this dates me, you know, I don't know in a good way or bad way, but um, Poodle Hat came out when I was in like fifth grade. And I remember and I was a tomboy and I would see this was around the time when I was listening to like Tenacious D also. And so, yeah, it was like, this was just the way music was that people liked, I thought. And the, but I also, it gave me this huge sense of weird pride, like, cause I already had friends being like, being weird is bad. I was like, being weird is cool. It's good to be weird. So I was already, I'm a banana. exactly. I, that's what I would do. I was a very eccentric little kid. And I remember the little boys would be singing poodle hat songs. I'd be like, I like that too. And they would, wouldn't let me like sing Weird Al with them. And that's when I was like, oh, this is, is this seen as just a guy, a boy thing? Yeah. Or is this seen as, that was a little, like a culture shock for me, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So you had some positive encouragement to like Weird Al, some negative encouragement, but you said that a part of it was obviously his genius, Yes. but you were also found him lovely, <laughs> physically, <laughs> aesthetically. So how old were you when you had this uh, weird awakening? <laughs> weird awakening. Perhaps, um... In elementary school, um, we I think that's probably around when I watched UHF, and he was just very cute, and um, his iconic look. If the I think I found I found facial hair very like comforting as a child. Okay. Like my dad had facial hair, and everybody nice 
nice men had facial hair. Santa Claus had facial hair. So it was very, this is very <laughs> Freudian what I'm getting into. But it was just yes, like. Yes, it is. And I love it. Yes. It was just like, um, like, oh, Weird Al's just this like lovable, hilarious, warm person, goofy mustache, the big glasses. And like everyone in my family had glasses and terrible eyesight. And so it was just like, that was great. And then also him in general, like I think I've always been attracted to a very compelling uh, live performance like very, okay. um so like in his music videos he was just so just yes yeah, so energetic and like forceful and not afraid right. to be funny and so it was just like this is the perfect man right so he's like libidinous santa claus like super sexy santa time exactly so that you get the comfort and the, the like the raw power yeah, wow. there's a bit of a taboo-ness with Weird Al, like if he's singing like like a virgin, I mean, you know, like a surgeon, <laughs> he, you know, is still uh, doing the like sexy Madonna dances, but he's dressed as, you know, a surgeon and stuff. So there was always this like, his songs have a bit of taboo, but they're kid friendly, you know? Okay. Yeah, and I don't think that he would certainly intend any sort of dancing to be legitimately sexually attractive i think he comes from that very classic trope of men doing traditional sexy things is funny yeah uh but you were like ha jokes on you al it is it's real sexy yeah and <laughs> yeah and that all came into play later when i met him which we'll talk yeah, about let's later talk, let, no that, that, that's good this gives us a little bit of background now let's talk about you you met sexy santa claus himself you met uh weird al so tell me about how and when that happened well, last year, because um, I do comedy in Portland, Oregon, and I've made some great friends, and a friend of mine, comedian Amy Miller, was helping. She's hilarious. Yeah, she's brilliant. And so she was um, working for the company where Weird Al was doing his concerts. He was doing them at the Oregon Zoo. Okay. And so um, I had already had tickets, and it was my first time ever seeing him. Like, it just never happened Oh, my really? whole life, yeah. So when you were talking about seeing his performance, this was on like on television, Videos DVDs, and, and whatnot. Yeah. Okay. And uh, you know, and even YouTube, watching old yeah. LTV and stuff. And so, um, I had had tickets for probably like sort of the nosebleed, uh, sitting on the lawn section. And a few days before, I was um, at a show backstage, and I got a message from her saying like, "Would you like to MC for Weird Al?" And I was like, mm, yeah, yes, most definitely. <laughs> and um, it was very like, there's no guarantee that you'll meet him or anything. It's just very professional, like basically like, don't be a weirdo. Right. <laughs> and um, so I was like, yes, please. And it was so cool. They gave us like two passes for friends and they moved my and my boyfriend Kyle seats to like the front row, like VIP area. Okay. It wasn't like a stand-up gig. It was just, you know, like sort of reading announcements about the zoo and being friendly and getting everyone excited for Weird Al. Okay. Um, and so I was still ridiculously excited and nervous. And also like, you know, if I encounter him, don't approach him because I was like, that's not what I'm there for, you know? So the normal zoo rules applied to <laughs> yes. Al as well as the animals. Exactly. I really Do didn't want him to him bite. feed him treats. Yes, it was just, I would, yeah, no matter how much you want to feed him treats, but, <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I was a little nervous when I, Danny Elfman was one of my childhood heroes, too, like, okay. from Oingo Boingo, Nightmare Before Christmas, and so, when I was a kid, I got to meet him when he was working, composing for Meet the Robinsons, that animated, uh, superhero movie, and it was a really awkward experience, and he was really shy and weird, I keep saying weird, and he said, like, <laughs> I was a little kid and I was like, I love Oingo Boingo. And he was like, oh, my old band. And I was like, no. So and he didn't mean it any any sort of dismissive way. It just, did it come off that way He was. To you? It came off a little just like, yep, that was a thing I did. Like, I'm a big <laughs> successful composer now. It was, but like he was working. I don't know why us kids were like, it was my friend and I okay. were getting to meet him. And so then we just sort of sat and got to watch him work and there was an, article that he had just been interviewed for that said like i don't like talking about my old band it ruined my hearing you know okay and so he was just strange about it like i thought mentioning nightmare before christmas or something would be or anything like, else he composed would be more weird because it's right, so you're big trying to find the more obscure thing maybe the more personal thing yeah and i was a cute little kid it meant a lot to me but um it's cute when kids say things like oingo boingo it's a funny <laughs> word i'm basically a circus monkey <laughs> you should have liked it so i was very like i don't so you want... had the oingo boingo baggage yes. going into meeting weird al so you're like i'm not gonna compliment his old albums <laughs> no did you pick out things to say in case you encountered him so you had him locked and loaded and ready to go 
I, yeah, I really wanted to basically tell him, no matter how much he may hear it, I really, since he was seeing me in sort of a professional setting, if I did meet him, I wanted to, you know, explain that he is so uh, pivotal to me doing everything that I do, right. comedically and musically, and um, so I, uh, I just sort of had that in my head, you know, I didn't have anything I wanted him to sign, it was not about that, you know, it was just like, I wanted to have positive experience and just thank him. So it was very like, if I meet him, I'll thank him. Yeah. And, you know. Just thanks for everything, Al. Exactly. Okay. And um, the show, like, we get, had to get there a little bit early, and I'm backstage where there's, like, stormtroopers for the live show. Right, because he does the various Star Wars numbers, and the stormtroopers march out, and it is wonderful. Yeah, it was really cool. And so I was like, okay, like, these people, he doesn't really know, and they're back here, and it's totally fine in that little area. And I get taken on uh, on stage before the show and when no one's really paying attention to like mic check okay and i noticed uh, real, oh, yeah. real quick do the stormtroopers have their helmets on so they are faceless and scary or do they look all, all their weird real human heads popping out real human heads. <laughs> okay so that's a little bit more warm okay yeah great. it wasn't terrifying it was very i mean but also like i grew up in a house with like movie memorabilia everywhere so okay. seeing a stormtrooper with like, the head yeah, on, yeah uh, comforting there. whatever exactly okay so you're saying you noticed something oh, as you yeah. got got on stage you're a very good listener oh <laughs> <laughs> i try <laughs> i noticed like you know uh different boxes of equipment on stage that say hawkeye on them okay and i'm like okay interesting <laughs> there's some significance to hawkeye and then i do my announcements on like his microphone and i'm very awkward um and uh Are, do you try to get laughs well i was i was just doing this mic check then yeah but when i did announce i did get some laughs because it was very like who's excited for weird al and then i said i made like a little joke about because i couldn't say anything off script really that right. would have been you know at all bad for the zoo so i think right. i made a little joke like be nice to the elephants, they never forget. Like, <laughs> something like that, um, cause, which was, like, the most that I was allowed to do anyway. Right, and nobody stood up and said, that's an untrue exactly. fact about elephants. <laughs> okay. Probably, not with that audience. Okay, I keep interrupting you. Oh, uh, no what a great listener. So you were you were on stage doing the mic check. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm working with, like, stage manager or something. It's this older bearded man, and he... Uh, when we leave the stage, I, you know, I stop him and I like put out my hand for a handshake and I'm like, uh, my name's Lucia. What's your name? You know, very old school, yeah. polite. And he's totally taken aback. Like that doesn't happen often. And he's yeah. just like, Hawkeye. And like gives me his firm <laughs> handshake. And I'm like, thank you so much for having me and for all the work you're doing. Like I'm very sincerely yeah. thankful. And he's very just kind of like, this is weird. I had bright green hair also. <laughs> That's a very important detail. I had bright green hair. And uh, so I like thanked him. And then all I had to do was go sit and watch the show. Okay. And so I felt really good about that experience. And I think Weird Al was just like in his trailer, um, which is which was backstage, you know. Um, so I'm watching the show. It's amazing. And then he does his uh, Midnight Vultures parody the I want to be your lover, okay. like the sexy Beck parody. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, and I had actually, um, so my boyfriend's in like the VIP section, and I'd actually gone like to the bathroom or something, and I was starting to come back, like sort of filing in, and he's in the middle of that song, and he's entered the audience, which he does apparently almost every time he like goes in the audience and sings the various ridiculous sexual innuendos at them. Okay. And that uh, like it, at specific individual people, right? Yeah. Okay. And he's dressed in like a flaming neon like suit too. <laughs> so I'm just I'm like just watching and really happy, and I'm trying to get back to my seat, and I'm a couple rows away from my seat, and Weird Al turns, and he just like spots me and just like looks at me oh just laser drill La eye yeah laser contact. drill eyes sees my green hair i assume which is like the way to recognize me and like my twitter i'd been tweeting i'm posting for my hero weird Al, like you know yeah and he's very tech savvy as you can tell from all of his songs where yeah. he raps about technology um so he's like really savvy on his phone but he has millions of followers so I thought that my tweets were just going to my Twitter followers, that yeah. he wouldn't really read them. So he, like, spots me in the audience after he's saying to someone else. He just, like, sort of, like, zooms up to me and puts his hand on my shoulder and looks me right in the eye and goes, Lucia. 
and it's like on the loud or on the um big uh screen the speaker and the screen it's on the screen like everyone can see him just like and he's like like hope i'm not being forward but do you mind if i chew on your butt <laughs> and i'm just looking at him like is this a fucking dream <laughs> and uh, i just stood there like yeah, like or no? Did, I did didn't you, say. Any- did you try to say yes with your eyes? I, yes, with my eyes. I yes, tried to you be made you on my butt. Yes, because I was, you know, playing along. With, of course, with the of course that was why. But um, and like, and he gives has this look on smile, like he knew he just blew my fucking mind. <laughs> you can say fucking on the podcast. Okay, cool. You you could tell that he fucking knew. <laughs> I'm gonna say her name and. Like a psychic, yeah, and freak her out, um, with joy, yeah. So like that was very cool, um, yeah. and then he like moved on to the other people, and it was like he must have, I feel like, and he pronounced my name properly, which nobody really does, yeah. So he was like, I feel like Hawkeye was like the whoever's I'm seeing was very polite and had green hair, and her name was Lucia, and he probably was like that's the person that's been tweeting. I'm going to okay. be, and then he recognized me and kind of put the dots together. Yeah. You know what I mean? It speaks to his amazing acumen at live performance that he is so precise. And then within that precision of having done something a million times to be able to recognize something happening in the moment, calculate whether or not it works and to do it. You know, that's just amazing. It's one thing yeah. to do improv and it's one thing to have like a super, super scripted performance. And I think he does have a super scripted performance yeah. in certain songs he's been doing forever on the road. Yeah. So to be able to be really playful and sincere and kind and deliver this big human surprise in the middle of that is kind of mind blowing. It's mind blowing. It spoke to his kindness toward me and yeah. just his overall brilliance. I mean, it's like I have trouble even recognizing my friends on the street. Like the idea that he was like, person with green hair and cat eye glasses, this must be Lucia. And he remembered how to pronounce my name. And like it had been an hour since he probably was given any information about me. And he had just been performing. It was like halfway through his show. So it's just like. What a what a person! Yeah, I like to imagine he has a series of spies. Like maybe Hawkeye wasn't even actually doing anything in venue. He's just a spy, yeah. reporting back to Weird Al. Yeah, maybe, maybe he's trailer. an actual hawk. Like he transforms and he watches the show. Yeah, from so overhead. Would, uh, obviously, you have a boyfriend now. Was that was this a was it a obviously it's a like great moment on many levels. Was there anything mm-hmm. of the old Al uh, sex appeal that affected you in that moment? Absolutely. I definitely like there's a couple of experiences where like meeting my boyfriend or going in a beautiful river like where I've been kind of still in shock or like reveling in that feeling for weeks. That's how I felt after this whole experience. I was just on a cloud for multiple weeks. Okay. Still feeling all of those feelings (laughs) and um, and so much gratitude and almost just like what if what if that didn't happen and then I wouldn't have to worry about like it was just so such a special yeah it's so the opposite of like the Danny Elfman experience where you just want a little bit of kindness yeah from because you want to give back to the person that's done so much for you right. yeah it's not so much about like I want them to think I'm cool it's like they've given me something so I want to say something nice to them that will mean something to them yeah and even just like the joy that someone as kind as Al must have gotten from being like, I'm going to blow the mind of this person that yeah. obviously is like, this will mean a lot to them. Like, how cool is yeah. that? It's a real good Spider-Man with great power comes great responsibility moment. Yes. Like, that's what you should do if you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I totally agree that with people that just resent the fan. I mean, you have to have your own privacy in life, but yeah. you also have to like Harrison Ford was like, when I'm nice to my fans, it's customer service. Like I'm. Yeah. You know, they hold me up and I give that back, you know? Yeah, yeah. It was... Good old grumpy old weird Harrison Ford. I love him. <laughs> love him um, so much. So did you actually end up then meeting him or is that it? Yeah. Oh, so I did. So it's so weird because like those are both... That memory was so perfect that while the show was going on, I was so elated and we were... It was like the best show I'd ever seen. And I was also like, oh, should I try and... Like, what if I try to meet him afterward and I screw up the good memory by, yeah. like, then having, like, he's probably exhausted. I don't want to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. I'm glad you said it out loud because that's where my neurotic brain goes. And I didn't yes. want to force that upon you, but 
I'm glad that, that you thought that too. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, any anytime something like that happens, I'm like, that's great. Maybe I should just leave it exactly where it was. And, um, but I, so like the show ends and it was amazing, like extra long finale. And, and we had friends that we came with and okay. they were, we gave them the tickets. So they were totally fine waiting. Um, and they love Weird Al. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I had a backstage pass. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm just gonna, I guess. Kyle had to be like, yeah, please, you should go you for this. You must go, yeah. yeah. Kyle's and, your boyfriend, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I went backstage and like on my sort of walk over, I saw a couple of the different band members and, you know, his lifelong band members. So I yeah. was like, stop them and thank them for what they did and how much I appreciated it. They just look like regular guys. Yeah. Like they're just dressed completely regularly. And then I waited backstage and there was like just like little couch areas and but I still was trying to be completely unobtrusive and um like Bermuda Schwartz his like longtime musician was there and the drummer um I think he's the drummer okay yeah and um and uh, he just doesn't get to show off his shorts when he's <laughs> drumming um and uh so he was there and his family I guess is from Oregon so like all his family was there okay and just like me just sitting there politely while they're like so good to see you and um yeah. I was just trying to be out of the way and then it got to the, cause he probably needs around like a half hour to decompress before meeting fans, I okay. think. So, um, they started to line up from outside people that, or like there were a couple of special VIPs that okay, just people paid. Okay, like one or paid or something. Okay. Totally. So there was those little group of people and, uh, he came out and he was just in like regular clothes and seemed super relaxed, like not like me after a show at all. Like, okay. He was just totally chill, and uh, I was like, I'm going to let him meet all of these fans and sign everything before I interrupt, because I didn't feel like like I didn't pay to be right. backstage, you know? And uh, so he is signing all these people's things, and I'm just kind of standing there, like, with my arms at my side, like, just very, like, polite and out of the way, and um, he finally, like, turns to me. And, you know, he hadn't finished signing everybody's things, but, like, he just saw me as a He just person. sensed your presence? Yeah, sensed my presence. <laughs> um, and uh, and so he just came up to me so, like, casually and was like, hey, how'd it go? And I was like, yeah. oh, great. And he's like, oh, right, like, I didn't get to see it. Like, you meant my MC. Yeah. He's like, I didn't get to see it, but I heard it went great. And I was just like, thank you. And I said something like, it's great to, uh, like, um, meet in a more, like, I don't, I don't remember him, like... <laughs> in a more casual Yeah, setting. in a more casual... I said something like that. And at first he, like, had to think... And then he was like, oh, yeah, like... Yeah, because I, I blew your mind. Exactly. In the middle of the audience. Yeah. In the Oregon Zoo. Yeah, yeah oh, you that. Know, like I do every day. Um, yeah. And so uh, he, we just had, like, a like a little chat, and I told him that um, he's so much a reason why I do music and comedy, and, and I still kept it short. And he, <laughs> he just was smiling and really sincerely like, thank you so much. And I'm cool. so glad, you know, and then he was like, do you want a picture? And I was like, yes. Yes, please. And so uh, we posed for a picture and someone else took it. And he like, I think he gave me like two hugs, two or three hugs. Like he was we like, hello, and gave me a hug. And then we left, gave me a hug. And I'm like, well, thank you so much. I'm leaving. And he says, uh, but while I'm leaving, he says, and good luck with catty bees. Okay, so he had researched you because Caddy Bees, for people who don't know, is your uh, video series mm-hmm, on my YouTube web series, that you yeah. do with Angela Weber of the Double Clicks, right? Mm-hmm. Cool. So he had Googled you <laughs> mm-hmm. at some point. Or at least seen my Twitter description. Yeah. And just dropped that bomb on me <laughs> right when I was leaving. Did you get the sense that he knew he was doing that? That he likes dropping bombs? I guess so. Dropping <laughs> kindness bombs? Yeah, he's like Jesus. Just all these fishes for the masses. Yeah. Yeah, Here's I was a little like, fish for you. Yeah, I should have set up the, I made I have the web series. Yeah. Okay. It, so yeah, like he just said that, and I left, and it was like, yeah, he must. He wasn't like, you know, didn't have that like devilish like I'm going to say <laughs> that. Yeah, it was more just like. It was like Jesus. I don't know. Yeah, and he had his yeah. like long curly hair down. Comforting but sexy. Like Jesus. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, I hope he doesn't listen. To- <laughs> or I hope he does. You know. I'm normal. But it seems like, uh, and this is me just putting my projection and things I've heard about Weird Al, that it seems to me like he is like other performers I've met. There's a certain kind of successful performer who I think has an attitude like, if you're performing at all, we're all in the same boat. We're performers. And I'm 100% cognizant that I am 
like very super successful, but it doesn't matter are successful. You're a performer. So I'm going to treat you like performer and with respect. If you performed with me, you have got this other performance thing. You mentioned my show. I'll mention your thing. And I'm not going to be hung up on the fact that they're different. Yeah, in terms I think of audience. so. I, that's definitely the vibe I felt like. I think he's probably incredible. I mean, I, what I saw, he was incredibly respectful to plenty of the non-performers. There was one woman that had him sign some books um, and things that she's donating to the library. Like she okay. was a librarian. And that made him so happy and so like he was just respectful to everyone but there was that feeling of like he was treating me almost in this Werner Herzogian <laughs> Werner Herzog's obsessed with like what are your dreams what do you really do not yeah. just your job and uh so he really was treating me like a comedian musician a okay. person with a web series like yeah, yeah it was I'm so happy when people cool. do that so I want to dig into a little bit more like uh spending personal time with Al. So <laughs> so you got this kind of perfect interaction with him where you got the really cool shout out. You got to be a part of the show. Then you got to meet him and he, he, he was friendly. But that's also a space in which he knows how to be friendly. He's got a lot of experience with it. Yeah. If you were trapped on a desert island with Weird Al, what kind of conversations would you try to engage him in to like see beyond the great showman to like the true Weird Al? Oh, I'm not sure. I I listened to his uh, WTF with Mark Marin. Okay, and that's basically being on a desert island was, for an hour, right? Yeah, but it still wasn't like I didn't come away with it feeling much like I knew him. You know, like yeah. it was it was still. I almost felt like that those two guys wouldn't necessarily, in general, get a lot like it. There Did was, Mark Marin try to ask him about masturbation or some like deeply not real weird owl thing? Yeah, it was just kind of like it felt sort of like an overview of like his history or thing. You know, okay. like there wasn't there wasn't any guard down as far as I knew. And Weird Al and I have both lost parents. You know, okay. I think we both have that. It's inspired me to see that even despite that darkness, that he still he didn't release. You know his angry album or his dark album you know like that would have been cool but it, right. you know so i feel like i don't know if yeah i feel like i'd be interested in talking to him about art and you know parenthood like he's got a little daughter and yeah i just i don't know philosophical things just okay yeah so there's not yeah. so you you would engage him on a just a wider range of insightful and interesting topics and then also you know how to survive on the desert island yeah but do you feel like there is a part of him that he's holding back that you'd like to get to? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like maybe the darker side or maybe just the, like, yeah, just the, because doing musical comedy for so long is such a specific, like, a lot of the jokes are about sort of basic human nature, like a person yeah. that's selfish, a song about a person that's lazy, a song about a person that's, you know, it's sort of like a lot of the songs are about different seven deadly sins yeah. or about pop culture. And uh, so... Yeah, I feel like I try to sort of like get to know what he actually likes that's not revolving around pop culture, you know? Okay. I so guess, yeah. so you would maybe want to see what he likes when he's not uh, trying to please an audience. Yeah. And then you want a little bit of darkness? Would you want him to swear? Would you want him to say something mean about someone just to know that he can? I guess so, yeah. <laughs> Am I putting words in your mouth? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but, I mean, it would be, it would be fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Any, any other Desert Island requests of Weird Al before we move on from the Desert Island? I would like to sing together. That would be very oh, cool. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. I, and speaking of the darkness, like, I know that um, First World Problems off the recent album had uh, Amanda Palmer on it, and then uh, Amanda Palmer of the Dresden Dolls had him sing backup on her album Evelyn Evelyn, which okay. was like a sort of dark and funny um, concept album about conjoined twins that were in the circus and yeah. stuff. So he sang backup on that. And so I would be interested in like the real, you know, music that he likes and uh, the type of projects or things that he likes that aren't necessarily, they don't necessarily line up with his image. Like what he likes aesthetically for himself to listen to? Yeah. Okay, cool. And, uh, yeah, and like it's like, did he ever want to write an opera about, you know, a, a monster? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. That's, okay, that's a great answer. So you get him on the desert island. Yeah, talk to him about philosophy. Maybe ask him to swear. Maybe ask him to say something mean. But uh -huh. then just kind of find out what album he'd like to take with him to a desert island. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. It all lines up. Uh, I have a question about... A weird question about your favorite Weird Al song or lyric. 
if somebody came to you, a force, a mystic force, and said, you must get a Weird Al lyric tattooed across your arm, is there a specific song or lyric that means a lot to you that you would go to? Oh, my God. Everything is blanking. <laughs> uh, would, would you just want his entire playlist? Yeah, his entire playlist. Yeah. Maybe like maybe a poodle hat. I had a poodle growing up, and so I've okay. always been uh, drawn to that. Um, so the song Poodle Hat is just about a poodle that has a hat, a poodle that is a hat? <laughs> I don't think there is a song that is called Poodle Hat, but okay. the album is a uh, is like him with his poodle on his head like okay. a hat. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, the, the, I mean, I think something from Amish Paradise would be cool or like an image from Amish Paradise. Now, why does Amish Paradise speak to you? Because it's the one that you grew up with? It's um, it's a funny song, but it's not like bonkers. It's like very um, like it. It, it almost feels like it's just a real song by Amish people. Like <laughs> it, like it just it feels yeah. So like, and the the music video is just like flawless to me. Cool. Yeah. So it, as you're getting older and you do <laughs> comedy music yourself, I think mm-hmm. Weird Al has moments where he is, like you said, he's a, he is attacking or or pointing out a flaw in the human condition. Mm-hmm. So he has some like, uh, to me, deeper, maybe sort of slightly darker jokes. And then he does just have like super wacky. He, he still yeah. does super wacky comedy and he makes it work of like, I put a poodle on my head. <laughs> like, yeah. So as you're getting older, do you gravitate to some of the more darker stuff about like the flaws of humanity more than having a poodle for a hat? I think I think so. I don't write a lot of comedy music compared to just serious music that I write. Like a lot of my serious music still feels inspired by the darker sides of it. Okay. And just in general. Darker sides of life or darker sides of weird? Darker sides of Weird Al, okay. I guess. Yeah, like it's it's my re- my regular music is still inspired by him and I think some of that is because like on my upcoming album Radio Silence there's like one song's a jazz song, one song is very punk, one song uh, is very folky. I guess the genre switching and the amount of inhibition that has to go away to write about personal things okay. is inspired by the uh, lack of inhibition that Weird Al has. Like, it's weird to say, but it's like it goes hand in hand with a non-comedic singer like Patti Smith. It's like they both on stage go wild and have amazing range and... So right. yeah, I guess that that's yeah, that's yeah. a really good point. He, I think he, I think he owns and gets away with the much zanier comedy than is generally popular today because he ha- there's so much confidence in it. There's yeah. never any flop sweat. It's all always. I think this is the best choice. The most ridiculous thing that I can say or do is clearly the best choice. And if you don't like it, it's your fucking problem. You know, he he manages to exude that, I think, in a positive way. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Totally. And it, other sort of comparisons, like in his the first, I think, television debut he made was singing Another One uh, Rides the Bus, playing just him on like a, I think, like a box uh, playing accordion. And he's like so energetic and like <laughs> screaming and like that and like sweaty and perform like it's, it's a very punk video. It's like watching a video of an old punk band. Okay. And it, but it's him playing Another One Rides the Bus. And he's used such an, uh, like an uncommon special instrument too. And I play mandolin. I never really gravitated to like guitar or okay. piano or anything. So I also feel that kind of connection of like going out there with an instrument people aren't used to seeing right and i can't play it that well it's the opposite of him (laughs) and i but i just go for it anyway and it's like just me up there and even when he has his whole band like it started with just him yeah he's the front person yeah yeah and so like that's another thing that really has like permeated my life (laughs) like okay yeah cool now he has only really reinvented his sort of physical appearance a couple times in his career Mm -hmm. but if he came to you and said lucia You've got such a great aesthetic. I need to I need to change up my personal aesthetic. I need to mix and match what I'm doing with my hair, with my face, with my clothes. How would you rebrand Weird Al? I always like in his videos when he has a short wig on. Like <laughs> okay. so it would be kind of cool to see him with like uh, shorter hair. Okay. Um but it would get really curly probably still. So I feel like I guess like early Weird Al still had his hair was like curly and poofy but it and like medium length, I yeah. guess. So maybe like the shorter length. Okay, like I don't just know. pile it on the top. <laughs> yeah, maybe I yeah, pile it on the top and maybe different types of glasses. Okay, what kind of glasses would you give him? Uh, 
I get, I mean, it'd be interesting to see like the more modern glasses because he had before the 80s, 90s. Yeah. So maybe like, you know, like a Ray-Ban? Like, or like a, I don't know, like a, uh, now, oh you, God, terrible. No, 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 no. Are we, now are you building something wacky or are you building something that is both wacky and sexy? I think those are, those are the important questions. I think, I think any of it would be both. So you, uh, anything. Yeah. So he's, whatever you do to him. Yeah. With his consent, of course. Mm-hmm. Is going to be consent. wacky and sexy because that's just him. I think so. Like any music video except for maybe um, white and nerdy. Okay. Like his styling is pretty cool for it. Like it it works. Okay. Well, so yeah. he's got hair piled on top. He's got Ray-Bans. Mm-hmm. You can do anything with his facial hair. Is he going to stay clean shaven? Are you going to give him a goatee or something? He likes the clean shaven. Don't want to take it away. <laughs> You're not going to mess with it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the mustache again in the live show. I, and since we got to be close up, I got to see all the costume change yeah. uh, different outfits and... In a, during First World Problems, he was wearing like just like a gray long sleeve button up with a tie. Okay. And uh, like just very like rock and roll. And then when he was dressed like Kurt Cobain, like both of those were just cool outfits on him. Like yeah. just like a t-shirt or like the button up. It was very like, I feel like he could go for like button, buttoned up version of Weird Out. Like it would almost be... Weird, oh. weird that he's so buttoned up. Right, like he's trying to contain all this power. Yeah, and like, be kind of like funny and exciting because that you know that button-up shirt can't contain Weird Al. Exactly, it's gotta, <laughs> it'll, gotta come unbuttoned sometime. <laughs> oh my god. Hi, I'm Sarah Meyer, co-producer of Obsessed, and I'm out on the streets of Los Angeles trying to find people who will talk to me about Weird Al. Hi, have you heard of Weird Al Yankovic? No. Have you heard of Weird Al? Yes. Uh, he's a guy with a fro. That's a comedian. Yeah? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes, he does parodies of uh, people's songs. Do you think they're funny? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Can you think of any off the top of your head? No. I think Weird Al Yankovic is one of the icons of American culture. If he was here right now, what would you say to him? I'd say, where you been, Weird Al? Where's the accordion? We need you. Do you like Weird Al? No, I hate him. If you wanted me to tell you the story of why I hate him, I'd be happy to. So, um, 20 years ago, almost 20 years ago, I used to work at the Macy's in Beverly Center. And he came in with his friend, and he asked, I I worked in the bedding department, and he asked, do you have like 10 of these yellow towels? And I went back to the stock room, which was huge, to the ceiling of towels, and I dragged out yellow towels, and I brought them out to him, and he goes, okay, thank you, and he walked away. True story. What, what do you think that was about? I think he was, like, messing with me. Like, he was playing a little game, and I was like, really? You know, I'm on commission. Like, I don't have time for this shit. He's a jerk. Weird Al. Very Weird Al. Yes, I have met Weird Al. I was assigned by, I think it was Rolling Stone to photograph him. How was his hair? His hair was normal for Weird Al. He was actually very pleased because he had just had a baby. He had a baby. His, or his wife. Let's put it this way. I don't know if he tried any male uterine tricks. I think his wife did deliver the baby. <laughs> They're not that weird. No, not that weird. Do you think the accordion is a sexy instrument? Absolutely. It's one of the sexiest out there. What do you think about the accordion? Is it a sexy instrument? No. <laughs> Why not? I don't know. I don't like instruments. Any instrument? No. So no instruments. Okay. Accordion. I wouldn't say sexy. What would you say? Uh, interesting. Do you think the accordion is a sexy instrument? Sure. Yeah, it's like playing with a woman, right? Holding it. (laughs) And it makes it squeal. We're going to move on to our How Obsessed Are You questions. So I asked these questions of everybody to get kind of like a sense across all the podcasts of how obsessed people are. (laughs) Do you think about Weird Al every day? Well, I have a Weird Al tote bag right now and a Weird Al <laughs> shirt and an action figure that we, I saw him for the second time a couple weeks ago. Okay. Uh, and so due to the amount of merchandise, I'd say right now I do think about him every day. Because he's just visually within your, yeah. your line of sight? Yeah. <laughs> if, if you took all that away, if you were on a desert island alone, would you think about Weird Al every day? Say not every day, but okay. maybe close. Now, why not? What he, he means a lot to you. You've recently had this powerful experience. What bumps him 
out of your top mental playlist of uh, thinking about? Probably my own anxiety and self-occupation. <laughs> it was a very... the week, That's a great answer. Yeah, the weekend of meeting Weird Al was like also when I was, I think, either found out that I was going to be on Portlandia or I, or I was okay. recording that. So it was a really busy, strange weekend of excitement. And since then, I've just kind of been full throttle doing a lot of shows and a lot of things. Okay. And so... A lot of um, that, sometimes I forget that I had that experience. Okay. So, yeah, sometimes I, I think I block it out because it was so great. So that's why I wouldn't think of okay. it. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had a dream about Weird Al? I don't think so. Okay. Maybe a stress dream like, oh, I got to go be the MC or like something okay. like that. But, but he's not something, or his songs aren't things that pop up in your sleepy time. Not brain. in my sleepy time. A lot of my regular time, though, just go... For some reason, just a go-to like stuck in my head a lot. Yeah, when you Songs. when you came here to my apartment uh, and I let you in, you were staring off into the horizon, which I love. You were you were eating, I think, a pastry of some kind and staring off. Yeah, a lemon you, bar. A lemon bar. Were you thinking about Weird Al then? No, but I was thinking about this uh, area of Hollywood that I used to live in, and I did run into Weird Al actually in our neighborhood. But I this was years ago. Okay. He's with his family, and I didn't disturb him or so anything. So you just you saw him. I from saw afar. him, yeah. And then we got bought a vinyl of Alan 3D across the street from Meltdown. But like, I saw him, and it was like, <laughs> wow. So like, I do just associate this area with all of that kind of right. Stuff. So that just like that weird owl could be around any corner, any corner. Yeah, okay. I just had to be prepared. I'm gonna look for him. Yeah, you should <laughs> <laughs> see if he's buying uh, anything interesting at the grocery store. Uh, <laughs> would you dress up as Weird Al for Halloween? Yes, I have some friends that have done it pretty well. Okay. Um, I'm more curvy than Weird Al. <laughs> Despite how much he like undulates and contorts his body, I'm more curvy. Um, but now that I have this tacky shirt too, like... Right, I brought up your shirt right at the top and that brings yeah. it home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and that's from the most recent album, right? Yeah, the most recent album and most recent concert. So, so obviously you like to have Weird Al stuff on your person. Mm -hmm. So you have friends who dress up mm -hmm. as him. Mm -hmm. Would you? Want to. Is that a thing that you would like actively want to do of like, that's a way to connect to this person. I want to be him. Yeah, I, I would actively want to. I just haven't sort of due to not feeling like I'd pull it off as well. <laughs> okay. But now I'm like, yeah, bring it. I can do it. Well, after, you know, he does a rebrand, it'll be easier to get the rebrands and the, just pile your hair up on the top of your head. Yeah. Be able to kill it. <laughs> uh, this is a weird one. I'm, I'm trying out a new one on you. This is a weird one. Uh, if Weird Al offered you a little vial that contained his DNA, would you want that? Yes. <laughs> I would. I would say I will protect this uh, for your family if they ever need it. Um, if something happens to you... I will, uh, and we need to, you know, uh, make some clones. Clone, clone yeah, well, yeah. which would be appropriate because he has a song about clones. <laughs> uh, so I would just use that song about clones as his consent to clone him using the vial. So you would only take the vial if it had a pragmatic purpose, if you were the guardian of his DNA. Yes. But if he was just like, I understand you're a big fan. I heard Scrimshaw's Weird Podcast. He, would you like a vial of my DNA? Just for funsies. That would yeah. be like, nope. I, yeah, I'd be like, sure. I was raised um, with, I was raised a witch. Okay. So I guess I never turned down a good vial that could <laughs> <laughs> go on an altar, be used in a potion. Okay. <laughs> so sure, why not? That's awesome. Yeah. So grow, growing up as a witch, does Weird Al match well with that? Yeah, he does. Experience? Yeah, there are a couple of things that like, there's some jokes that talk about like fat people or something that usually are well intentioned, but sometimes rub me the wrong way. Yeah. Um, but like he, uh, all of his jokes are pretty like they're pretty feminist. They're pretty um, uh, don't make fun of people's spirituality. I yeah. think that he might even be a little religious too. So like yeah. usually stuff that offends my family as witches are like um, just using witch as a derogatory term. Okay. And, uh, you know, or and saying stuff that's honestly like black magic, that's like saying something that is meant to really hurt people. Okay. And all of Weird Al's jokes are actually very positive spirited and they do have that interesting morality. So like, yeah. it kind of fits with like a lot of them are about respecting 
yourself and other people and the earth and right. Everything. There are a lot about individual people who are having a hard time because either they are odd or they mm-hmm. have just made poor choices. And yeah. from both perspectives, it is just like commenting on the larger human condition. Yeah, like even the message of like, of like, why does this always happen to me? I don't know if that's what it's called. The like Ben Folds parody. Yeah. Where it's just like a really like self-centered dude. Like his friends are getting killed and he <laughs> just cares about watching The Simpsons or he just cares about money yeah. or whatever. And so that actually does fit with a like Wiccan worldview okay. of like, if you, if you just don't care about other people or you just want bad stuff to happen to them you're going to be sad. Now, would you be able to survive it if you put out a Black Magic song? Where you, if you just put out a song that was called Wiccan Suck, would you <laughs> would you be like, I, oh, I really don't like that, but I will still appreciate the rest of his catalog? I guess so. I feel like I've had heroes basically do that. <laughs> something where I'm just like, oh, no. Like, like Meatloaf like singing for Mitt Romney or something. And I was like, oh, Meatloaf, but I guess this doesn't. You know, detract from bad out of hell. <laughs> but why'd you do that? Mid out of hell. Yeah, that's so oh, oh, poor meatloaf. Oh, no. Poor uh, Mitt. Poor Mitt. Poor <laughs> all of us, really. I shouldn't have said that. Poor all of us. That's right. So this is the last question in the how obsessed are you category. It's a weird one that I ask everyone. If you couldn't listen to Weird Al without you or someone you love first being punched in the crotch, would you still listen to Weird Al? I would still listen to Weird Al. I, I mean, which just doesn't line up with the Wiccan morality, but <laughs> I have some people that I love that could be punched in the crotch. <laughs> so, so, you, so there are some people in your life that you love that you feel would do, could do with some constructive feedback yes. in the form of a crotch punch? Yes, some deconstructive to the crotch constructive feedback. <laughs> okay, so would you try to communicate to them the complex reasons that this is happening, that like... Well, there's some mystical force that is making it so that the crotch punch must be paid before I can listen to Weird Al. I'm going to listen to Weird Al. I chose you because I feel you've been behaving poorly about X, and this is karma. (laughs) I think so. I mean, my family is very supportive of, um, you know, I think it's part of the, like, uh, growing up with, like, creative family types where, like, we, for some reason, really do value, you know, something like one of our creative heroes or even just, like, a bit of you know, success in your creative field. Like, if they were like, okay, if this is really what needs to happen to, so you can listen to Weird Al because we know how important your music is to you, <laughs> then I think they would go along with it. Right. Weird Al is your muse sometimes, right? Yeah. So you have to be able to listen to your muse. Cool. sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you make a noise to sum up your obsession with Weird Al? Pa-pa-poker face. Pa-pa-poker face. <laughs> <laughs> No, and that's the accordion version of Poker Face by uh, by Lady Gaga. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why, why does that one of all of the Weird Al noises? Why does that one capture Weird Al for you? Yeah, I was gonna. I could have made some sort of one of his token sounds. Yeah. And then I was like, no, that would be embarrassing. So instead, I moved on to the less embarrassing, <laughs> slight singing of a polka. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Uh, I've been rating people's obsessions. So it is a number out of seven. Seven is the max. Mm-hmm. And then just to give it flavor, I like to say it's seven something. So I'm going to say out of uh, seven polka medleys, how obsessed are you with Weird Al? And I think I'm going to say you are 4.5 polka medleys obsessed with Weird Al. Okay. I will agree with that because that sounds healthy. <laughs> that sounds like a good... Yeah, because I do think I have a healthy obsession, a fun- high-functioning Weird Al yeah. Fandom. Well, it goes, it's deep because it starts young. Yeah. And then like the whole being like he is a picture of what an attractive person might look like because of his confidence and because of his not being normal. And clearly you have a lot of thoughts about his morality and this experience opening for him is a huge deal. But then you have lots of stopping points of like, no, I don't need that. Or yes, I will accept the DNA, but I prefer it's for a specific purpose. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, um, I, like, I think that maybe because it's so, because he's so influential on who I want to be as a person, I do sort of have that healthy distance where I'm not trying to, you know, like, that That was such a great experience meeting him. And of course, it was like, wow, wouldn't that be so cool? And, um, but like, it's like, now I can continue to 
fulfill my destiny and just like you know it's less of a you know like now i need to know what he's doing every five seconds like it's not that type <laughs> you of don't want a fandom. camera in his house yeah no yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which i'm glad about so <laughs> yeah. yeah all right well 4.5 poke medleys it is then okay. uh we're on to the plugging portion of the podcast Sweet. i know you have some stuff to plug can you tell people where they can find you on social media like weird Al did yeah. and then anything you want to plug oh great um so you can find me on social media at lucia uh l-u-c-i-a underscore Fasano, F-A-S-A-N-O. That's my Twitter. And then my website is luciafasano.com. My Instagram is the same as my Twitter. Um, I uh, have a Facebook page that you can find at facebook.com slash luciafasanoart. Um, I'm putting my album on Bandcamp, which will nice. be luciafasano.bandcamp.com. <laughs> and I currently have a, a Kickstarter going for my solo album, Radio Silence, um, that is, uh, you know, being uh, helped put out from the Double Clicks Records, their new record label. And it, yours is the first album on their label that's yeah. not Double Clicks, right? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited. We're going to go on a West Coast tour in September. Cool. Um, so all that information is on our social media, and uh, the Kickstarter met our goal in the first 12 hours, so the rest are stretch goals right now, and I've been posting like funny videos if we make it to the next goal like i'm gonna post a simpsons song i'm gonna uh, post cat videos and so you can get t-shirts and tote bags and um the album and I'm very excited that's great yeah you're in a great position to just stretch like hell right yeah stretching <laughs> yeah stretching like hell <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite meatloaf song stretching <laughs> like hell uh here's some quick plugs for the podcast a before we go into our final questions you can follow me on twitter and instagram as at joseph scrimshaw you can follow obsessed podcast on twitter as at obsessed podcast i have got a bunch of shows coming up as well including a live obsessed podcast recording about horror movies at the convention dragon con so just go check the dragon con app or schedule for that. There are two different ways you can support Obsessed. You can back us on Patreon and get exclusive bonus episodes every month. For full info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw, or you can support all the podcasts on the Feral Audio Podcast Collective by shopping through our portal. You just go to feralaudio.com, click the Support Our Artist button, and shop on Amazon, and some of the money will go to supporting Feral Audio. Lucia, if people did this, what should they buy on Amazon? Is there like a Weird Al uh, body pillow? <laughs> oh, yeah, oh my god. Uh, the action figure. There's a new action figure. Oh, okay. That comes with like new head and old head. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, and then I know there are people out there who craft their own action figures. They yeah. can make your new head that you designed with the Ray-Ban. Yes, exactly. They can just <laughs> add it on themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Are you ready uh, for the final questions? Yes, I am. Okay, they don't have anything to do with your obsession, but they can if you want. All right. Which would you rather be able to shoot out of your hands, lightning or printer ink? Oh, printer ink is expensive. <laughs> it really is, isn't it? Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, my name means light, so I feel like the lightning would help me become a superhero. But also the printer ink would, would be really good for drawing comics. Oh, yeah. And making whatever I wanted. So I'll go, I'll go with printer ink. So between being a superhero, between being a god that walks the earth... And having more convenient access to comic book supplies, you go for comic book supplies. I think so. I would be a god at like Comic Con if I could do that. <laughs> That's very, very true. Yeah. yeah. They call me like the Inkwell. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would. It's very expensive. It's so expensive. When you're visiting LA, I would be like, could you please come over and magenta my goddamn printer? Because it's. <laughs> All right, next question. If you were an international spy, what might your code name be? Besides Inkwell. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, Codename, not American. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great wacky spy name. Thank you. Hello, I'm not American. <laughs> Believe me. The final question for everyone on the podcast is, what is happiness? Oh, that's so, that makes me want to cry. <laughs> I, I was already staring wistfully earlier. Jeez. <laughs> oh, man. Now stare wistfully inside. Oh, I'm trying. Um, happiness, for, for one, it's definitely that feeling that I had at the Weird Al concert. It's a uh, happiness to me is definitely music and art that mm -hmm. you love. Um, sharing it with people that you love or just uh, taking it in individually and just having something that makes you feel a bunch of feelings that makes you feel good about yourself. And yeah, and that's why I love art so much. It's like happiness are, you know, people that you love, but also art can give you that singular 
personal love where you don't even need anybody else. Okay. You just have that. That makes sense. Yeah. So finding that moment of personal bliss when you create something that has not existed before. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's creating something that hasn't existed and seeing like this has the capacity to bring feelings to somebody else. Right. Or taking in art that I really love. Like those those uh sensory pleasures like are the most uh i think can instill the most happiness right to me right before there was nothing and then there was a strange weird man with an accordion yeah and that is happiness mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great answer thank you very much thank you joseph <laughs> that is our podcast You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. This is one of my favorite Weird Al things. I'm going, yes, I'm going, yes, I'm going to the, going to the, I am going to the, going to the, going to the, going to the, going to the hardware store.